Live from beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Democrat Raymond Lopez, an alderman in the city of Chicago. Kathy Salvi, a Republican attorney and former U.S. Senate candidate. And joining us from Florida is Larry Horst, a Republican political operative and political commentator for many, many years, uh, now resides in Florida. He'll be joining us for hour number two. Our phone lines are open at 1-800-723-8289. We're coming to you this evening from the AM560 studios in beautiful Elk Grove Village, which is just a stone's throw from the great city of Chicago. And the great city of Chicago is going to be very busy in the next uh, week because on Tuesday we will have our general election for mayor of the city of Chicago. Meanwhile, in New York, Donald Trump is going to be arraigned on charges uh, dealt down by the uh, uh, the um, State's Attorney uh, Alvin Bragg, and uh, we'll talk more about that as the program unfolds this evening. In fact, we're going to start with that. Kathy Selvey, I want to ask you the question. Um, what will it mean on a daily basis to the Republican Party or anybody that wants success for the Republican Party, as do you, if Donald Trump, uh, obviously, is going to be indicted? What does it mean? It's a travesty of justice. You know, our country is in flames and there's more division than there ever has been. And for have this, for a charge to be wielded against uh, a candidate for uh, office, for the highest office in our country, uh, presumably the front runner opponent to uh, current President Biden, it's, it's, uh, this is historical, it is uh, a travesty of justice, and what, uh, uh, for a charge of, a paperwork charge for uh, mis- uh, reporting something on a misdemeanor, basically. Uh, I'm, I'm awaiting to see what the indictment reads, but I think it's a, a sad day for America that uh, we are attacking a p- political opponent's uh, uh, for a pure, pure vendetta. And it's, okay. It's, Joining us in tonight also is Ray, Han- uh, Ray Lopez, who, by the way, also is the ward committeeman of the 15th Ward in the city of Chicago. Ray, you're a Democrat. What's your response to the indictment of the president? Well, I think the uh, indictment basically guarantees that Donald Trump will be the nominee. He's being made to be a martyr at this point, and there's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of sympathy that goes his direction that I think otherwise would have been going and veering towards Ron DeSantis or one of the other potential Republican mm-hmm. leaders trying to step up. I think that our own former Democratic governor, Rod Blagojevich, said it best. This is the politics of persecution that we're seeing unfold. And we've seen this not only with Donald Trump, but also with Hillary Clinton, too, when she was running uh, back in 2016, when the FBI released a uh, statement about a potential investigation into emails that actually went nowhere, but really tanked her, her presidential ambitions. You know, when you see this marrying of politics and our, our judicial arms of investigation mm-hmm. getting involved, that should make all of us, regardless of policy, very nervous because you want the people who are in charge of ensuring that the laws are followed to be as apolitical as possible, and we're seeing where they're becoming weaponized more and more. But in the case of Donald Trump, Kathy, didn't he do what we all think that he's being charged for on Tuesday? We don't know. No one has seen the actual indictment. It comes out Tuesday. But, I mean, the idea of, of Donald Trump paying... $18,000 to Stormy Daniels 
to keep her mouth shut on the eve of the 2016 election. Isn't that a foregone conclusion? Didn't Isn't that what happened? Well, you know, in our country, we have the, uh, we're presumed innocent until proven guilty. And okay. I think a lot of people don't understand this, uh, this charge, uh, undeniably is a, a, f- a fake charge all around, fake, fake charge all along, all around. And, uh, as Saul, well, Wechter, what, part, what part of it is fake in your view? Well, we hear that, uh, <clears throat> there was supposedly a payoff and it wasn't recorded on the FEC filing properly. Okay. So here it is, a. a DA from New York, Manhattan, who pledged as a campaign promise that he was going to go after Trump. You know, Saul Wechter, the former chief judge of the New York Court of Appeals, said that any DA can indict a ham sandwich if they went after him. And I think that mm-hmm. this is, as Ray had mentioned, a, a po- political persecution. And, and here in the United States of America, you could expect this to happen in, in a banana republic. But here in the United <clears throat> States of America, it's unheard of. Ray, when I when is I this, no, is this again my question to you and and to the people that you deal with on a regular basis? You run into them on the street, they're constituents of yours. Do they care about this? Do they do they are they exercised about it? Um, many of those who live in your community in your wards, uh, ward, um, you know, they they feel that they they have been abused by the justice system. They feel and and so does this. Does this create Donald Trump as a sympathetic figure to those people, again, primarily Democrats, lower end of the socioeconomic uh, you know, level in the country, that um, they're now doing to Donald Trump what they did to me or my brother-in-law or my sister-in-law? I think when you have district attorneys <clears throat> that, are on an, that have an agenda, and as you know, in Cook County, we have a very similar state's attorney who's just like this district attorney who's all about you know criminal enablement mm-hmm. and picking and choosing winners and losers in justice you know people in my community whether it's african-american or latino wonder why they as victims of actual violent crimes don't get the same amount of attention as some of these other more superfluous crimes from politicians and i'm not saying that what he what donald trump did was right or wrong because i'm sure yeah i'm sure the cover-up is always worse than the crime, as they say in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he's going to fall victim to that. But when you look at the crimes that have gone unchecked, unchallenged, and unpersecuted or prosecuted in New York, just as in Chicago, you, when you have bodega owners who are getting attacked on a regular basis and then they are charged for murdering their would-be murderers in New York, because DAs like this one will not charge criminals, I'm sure they're wondering why their tax dollars are being spent on something of this magnitude when what impacts them on a daily basis goes ignored. And I so think politically, that it, so politically in New York, you think Alvin Bragg will suffer for this decision the next time he goes to the polls because he has not cleaned up real crime in New York. Absolutely. Kathy, what do you think? Uh is I he going to be beaten up by this, or is he going to be held in high esteem by, by progressives all over the country? They may hail Alvin Bragg as a profile in courage. I think he's, he's following their marching orders. It, their, justice is so tilted, uh, and I, Ray, I can't agree with you more on that. Uh, there's real crimes being uh, un, uh, not uninvestigated, unprosecuted, and for the, uh, for the limited time there isn't a day to devote your staff to go after a current candidate for the presidency of the United States of America, our former president, 
on what amounts to if it's if he's found guilty misreporting uh, a, a certain uh, putting it on a different line or a different page on on his FEC filing. It's outrageous. Is it going to be the same case if we were to invite you back here? If indeed there is an indictment in Georgia, if there's indictments on Mar-a-Lago, uh, would you feel the same way because they're at a different level with different prosecutors involved? You know, like I said, uh, President President Trump has been a uh, he's a historic figure and he's was a great president. And I think that this persecution is something that okay. Republican Democrats are are uh, are disgusted by. We've got a break. One eight hundred seven two three eighty twenty nine. How do you come down on the indictment of Donald Trump? At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice, red wine vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and Ad Council. 
Yeah, I heard that. <clears throat> Our phone number is 1-800-723-8289. We will take a call from Austin, Texas in just a moment, but I do want to get uh, our guests to sort of weigh in on the, the rhetoric that Donald Trump has used, uh, suggesting that his fans have got to get together and protest this. Uh, some in the media and some of his opponents are thinking that he is really trying to rally a, a maybe a violent response uh, to the charge. Uh, so my question to you, Kathy, is, is is his attempt by talking about this, is it trying to intimidate the local prosecutor? Well, and, and, and how do you feel as a as a member of the court? How do you feel about that? Peaceful protests are part of our history and our our uh, American way. And I think that we can, we have to honor the First Amendment and people have the right to uh, speak their mind. Now, we recently just saw last week some sit-ins in several state capitals, which uh, really disrupted um, the flow of government. I think one was in Kentucky, another in Tennessee. And where they become violent, uh, it's an insurrection. It crosses the line, in my opinion. Uh, I think that it's perfectly fine for uh, people to go out and to uh, vocally uh, express their dissent or write letters to the editor uh, and uh, and, you know, short of, uh, short of uh, a violent protest. Mm-hmm. Ray, what do you think? You're, you're, you are an elected official. Um, I don't like it. How much, how, <laughs> how, much, how much heat do you or have you received in your career that made you sleep uh, uncomfortably at night? Does that, does that happen a lot? And again, to the broader issue of trying to intimidate a, a state's attorney... Uh, whether you like what that state's attorney is doing or not, he is part of the justice system. I mean, does, does, should he fear for his life because he's following the, the rules of law as he sees them? You know, it's not just the rule of law as he sees it, but it's also as the grand jury sees it as well. And I think that, you know, if the president, former president were to do himself any favors, he would just simply say, gather as you wish, but let, let the wheels of justice handle this. No comment and stop. But if you're going to tell people that I'm innocent and I want you to go to the courthouse and I want you to, you know, storm the bench and tell the judge and grab, you know, make your voice heard. Well, what, do you, what do you think he's telling you? I mean, do you think, do you we think have seen, the, we have the seen latter his, or the former? You know, I, I, I think that he knows how to say both simultaneously very well. And we've seen how he's been able to do that. Uh, like, for example, we've seen his reactions to the January 6th. Right. You know, he was telling people to go home while thanking them for coming out and causing chaos at the Capitol. We've seen what he can do, and we know that he knows how to manipulate his his words so that his followers and those who are most committed to him can read between the lines and do what he's trying to, de- to do while giving himself enough plausible deniability to say, well, I didn't really tell them to come burn the place to the ground, but I did tell them, don't forget the matches. Kathy? As a Republican, and again, you've run for the United States Senate, you've been involved in Republican politics for a long time. If, if you're looking at a presidential campaign between now and next year, um, the actions of Donald Trump now and the actions of Donald Trump post-election last year are probably going to be a deciding factor in how people vote, if at all, for Donald Trump. You know, because they, they, won't, they won't like what he's done as an ex-president and... As an ex-president, how do you feel about him trying to rev up the troops 
to create public protests, which, as you know, can always turn violent. I believe many people who would never consider voting for Donald Trump will vote for Donald Trump because they see that what is at stake is the American way. Here it is. We've, we're on the verge of, here's an indictment on a former president, on a, a, a current candidate for the U.S. presidency. And people are going to vote for him because they see that the choice is Trump or a police state. And I feel that simply put, uh, he represents something more than just, uh, you know, a Republican candidate for the U.S. presidency. He represents a, a, a freedom and a, a, a freedom in the American way. And he stands for so much more than just uh, Donald Trump running for president. And people not only in our country, but around the world see this. You know, currently a Pakistani former president is under indictment. And this is just one of the tactics of the far left Marxist um, agenda. They go after Go after take the the uh, take legitimate uh, uh, department depart, FBI and the Department of Justice and go after political po- political opponents to 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 finish them off and this is why Netanyahu in Israel is attempting to clean up the judiciary and he's facing uh, the headwinds of Marxism and, and this uh, totalitarian mindset so it's a very dangerous precedent that uh, this has set. Let's go to phone calls. Let's go to Fred listening to us on KLBJ in Austin, Texas. Nice to hear from Texas tonight, Fred. Go ahead. So, Hello. as I understand it, none of us have any idea what the 32 indictments are. That's correct. 32 charges. We'll know so that on we're Tuesday. All and as I understand it, what they were investigating, part of it is New York State has an income tax, and Donald Trump declared on his income tax a deduction for $130,000 for something okay and we can all talk about what it is paying off a porn star or uh, <laughs> preserving his reputation whatever i uh, i can't write off 130,000 well i don't make 130,000 but i can't write off money to take my grandkids bowling uh you know he wrote off what we think is the night of sex with somebody and the idea that somebody can lie on his income taxes by $130,000 and people say, oh, no, 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 you can't prosecute him. He's the former president. Well, of all the people we should prosecute, it would be the former president, as of all the people who should be abiding by every single law, it should be the former president. Why are you defending him? Kathy? You and I both haven't read that indictment. And when we do read it and when he stands trial for this and when he's found not guilty on all charges, I think that we'll have another discussion about this. But when I think about okay. uh, when I think about when I think about the many crimes that have gone unanswered and unprosecuted, Ray was telling me a a, a story uh, in the break. Uh, look at the Biden crime family. Look at the money that they've taken. It's compromised our country uh, on on many different levels, and 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 that goes and that just doesn't even get that doesn't get any attention at okay. all. Back to back to Fred. Fred, go ahead. If we're going to get bring the Bidens into it, bring in the Trumps getting money from Saudi Arabia. That's why why deflect to something else. Let's talk about Mr. Trump is alleged to have done some things. <clears throat> Should we investigate? Should we prosecute? Not not we shouldn't prosecute because he's an ex-president, or we should prosecute because of ex-president. It's all yep. political. Let's talk about what he did, and or may, is alleged to have done. And of course, we don't know. And should we prosecute people who do the things he's alleged to be have done or not? 
and should a president be more or less held accountable to the laws of this land? And I don't understand this eagerness to defend him and say, oh, no, no, he's the next president. You can't possibly indict him. Well, first of all, 130 count indictment. You could take a little nuance in one single act and add on additional counts. So I, I see and I know in a 130 count indictment, you could take one purported act and you could bring a single, you could bring in one indictment with 130 accounts, uh, you know, uh, uh, splitting hairs. And I think that that is an abuse of justice. And, uh, uh, and I, I, I'm skeptical of, of the, uh, the entire process in having obtained this uh, indictment. As I mentioned, Saul Wachter, former chief of the Court of Appeals, said any DA can indict a ham sandwich if they're intent to do so. Fred, a question. To, uh, Fred, Fred, I want to I want to ask you a follow up question. Uh, you you you've made a very strong case where you are politically on this. You you come from the state of Texas. I'm sure you know some Republicans. But within your sphere of influence, um, what can you say about Republicans? Why why are so many Republicans uh, disagreeing with you and agreeing with Kathy Salvi? What is your answer to that question? I have have a business where more than half of my customers are Republicans. Uh And uh, they're well-to-do. It's uh, it's, whatever. The... uh, we discuss politics a lot mm-hmm. and the general answer is that boy they're doing a great job of spinning this i mean they're doing a fantastic job of spinning this we haven't even seen the indictment yet and do a fantastic job of spinning this but across the board there's not a single person that wants him to be able to deduct an evening with a porn star <laughs> so do, do do they want him to to to, to be found guilty they're rooting for him if to be found guilty. They want to bring out all the facts and have a trial and find out exactly what's and let the great American way work, where we have a jury trial, we have everybody gets a defense, everybody gets the opportunity to hear who's charging him and why, and you get in there and you find out, well, what did he do and was it, was he being bad? Who did he the law? How do you think? Fred, can I ask Fred a question? Do you think ahead. justice should be blind, and do you think that it is is being fairly leveled in this case? When there's so many serious charges uh, of other high-level political leaders that have gone unchecked and uninvestigated, I don't know that anybody has another comparable See, I, thing. I, we had, had other people pay things. I was running for president a few years ago that was alleged to have given some money so, to uh, a girlfriend while his wife was in the hospital and all that stuff. And I don't know. I think the charges all ended up being dropped, but they went rather thoroughly into that one. But how about money laundering, taking money from foreign governments and enriching your family members? But I think the question then is why is, but I think the question there is, sorry, Fred, is that, you know, you have to have the, you have to have the, the faith in government to investigate all crimes equally. And I think that's where the disagreement comes from. I don't think it's a matter of whether it's right for the president or not. Yes. Who's doing the investigation? Right, we got to pause. 1-800-723-8289. Your reaction to the indictment of Donald Trump. I'm Bruce Dumont. This is Beyond the Beltway from Chicago. Ah. 
goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening. And they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why as a young person they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man. You, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Bruce Dumont back. Thanks very much for joining us tonight on Beyond the Beltway. And uh, we take this moment to introduce our guests and we let them do it with their own voice. Kathy Salvi, tell everybody a little bit about your background. Well, I'm a... Uh, um... 35 years married to the same man, a great guy, Al Salvi. We've both been politically active in the Republican Party our entire life, and we mm -hmm. love Illinois. I am a mother of six. I am a grandmother of five, and I am living in Lake County, Illinois, which is the upper north and east quadrant of Illinois. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm a practicing attorney since uh, 1984. Okay. And you ran for the U.S. Senate. Ran for the United States unsuccessful Senate. Unsuccessful against Tammy Duckworth. Received the Republican nomination in a crowded primary field last uh, June. Ran a great race. 
and came up short in November, but uh, I'd do it all again if that were the same circumstances. I love this state. I love its people. And if it confirmed anything, that just the people in, the, from, uh, in all 102 counties that I met, they're wonderful people and uh, all salt of the earth. So very happy to have done it and uh, happy to be involved. Ray Lopez joins us. He is our Democrat tonight. Ray? I'm Raymond Lopez, alderman of Chicago's 15th ward on the city's south and southwest side. In my <clears throat> third term as alderman, as well as third term as the Democratic committeeman, so like the, the fabled ward boss of Chicago, that's me. Um, and I was thinking about it on the way here, Bruce. You know, I've been on all sorts of national shows, but I think I got my national, my first national appearance here with you on your show. So it's well, you, always... you've, been, you've been on a lot, and I'm very proud that uh, I see you on other venues as well. With far larger audiences, but again, it's nice that you also come back and always and happy join to us come tonight. back. <laughs> now, tell us a little about your may- your mayoral run because the last time you were on the program, uh, you were running for mayor of Chicago. But yep. what happened? So when I was uh, about five months ago, I was still in the mayor's race. Um, actually, mm-hmm. uh, Kathy and I would see each other bumping into e- events throughout the city of Chicago because at that point she was still running against Tammy Duckworth, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So you know it's, you have an active candidate when you're constantly mm-hmm. running into each other uh, at events throughout the city. Um, but it became apparent to me that with, I think at that time, over 10 or so candidates in the race, you know, those of us who believe in common sense, public safety, and just a general return to the middle in Chicago needed to kind of coalesce a little better or risk allowing Lori Lightfoot to have a second term as mayor in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I decided that it would be better uh, for the city if I pulled back so that we could choose between the two remaining uh, more pragmatic choices for mayor, either Dr. Willie Wilson or Paul Vallis. And Paul Vallis became our nominee. <laughs> A little shameless plug for That's my guy okay. here. Um, but, you know, he actually received about 33% of the vote, uh, uh, followed by his more liberal extreme opponent, uh, but the good news was that Lori Lightfoot was denied access to the runoff, so she is out. She is done in a month, um, and hopefully we do can you, restore sanity here. Do you? Uh, we'll talk more about this in hour number two. But my follow-up question here is: Do you take when you go to bed at night? Do you take personal satisfaction that you, probably more than any other elected official in Chicago, um, ended her political career because your criticism? Uh, was widespread. It was on Fox News. It was on all the news channels. And you became the singular vocal opponent of Lori Lightfoot. And you painted a picture of her, which was not pleasant. And a lot of voters agreed with you. What I did was I I shined the light, to use her euphemism, on the truth of what she was doing. You know, she is a, no offense, she's a trained lawyer. She knows how to spin things for a desired outcome. As a federal prosecutor in particular, she knows exactly what she's doing. Um, but I did not give her an ounce or an inch in which to try and deceive the people of the city of Chicago. And what I take great pride in is the fact that, not that I was her number one critic, but I was the city's number one defender. And we were able to move past her, end this chapter, and hopefully start a better chapter where we focus on standing up for our law enforcement focusing on accountability and parental responsibility and getting back to the middle, which is why you see so many extreme left politicians descending like vultures on the city of Chicago right now from coast to coast trying to come here because they Mm -hmm. don't want to see that pendulum come back to the middle because it means that their experiment is coming to an end. 
Okay. Well stated. Let's go to Clark, who's listening to us in Knoxville, Tennessee. Go ahead. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for taking my call. I'd like to preface my comments by saying um, these charges against Trump, um, and like everybody's saying, we'll find out what they are and everything, but one of the bedrocks of, you know, of, of, of our <coughs> democracy or republic, mm-hmm. especially, is the statute of limitations on things. You know, the government's inability to hound people for years and years and years over crimes real or imagined that's happened in the past. Uh, and that, you know, that separates us from the countries that have tyranny. Um, and I, you know, I hope state legislatures, if nothing else, will revisit some of these statutes of limitation because uh, they are, it's being weaponized by, by people like this district attorney in New York. Well, again, in this, in the, the initial one review of this was that the statute of limitations had run out on this. And yet when you dug deeper right. into the charge, uh, it, it touched on some uh, alleged violations of the law where the statute of limitations had not run out. So I think there is, at least in the court of public opinion, there's going to be quite a bit of uh, uh, deliberation about this. And, uh, uh, you know, that, that's the other point is we're, we're, having, we're moving into a situation now where we're going to have a, a, a former president of the United States indicted. He's going to be going through the jurisprudence uh, of, of the state of New York and the judicial system in New York. And at the same time, he's running for president and voters, uh, I, I don't think these trials are going to be over real quickly in New York. There's going to be a time when, when, when the jurors will be deciding Donald Trump's future when Republican primary voters are deciding his future, or maybe even general election voters. So we don't really know. We don't, we don't know where the final verdict is going to come down here, especially when you that, factor into appeals. Yes, I, and that was my second point I was going to make, Bruce. I'd like to hear your, your guest's yeah. uh, answer sure. to this. Uh, I heard, the, and I'm, I'm sorry I missed your female guest name earlier, but Kathy. Uh, she made the point about, you know, uh, being found not guilty. Um, I personally, if I was Trump's lawyer, which I'm not a lawyer, but I would advise him to have a bench trial because, yes, each side has a number of preemptive strikes to the jury pool, but what is going to prevent some member of BLM or Antifa being in the jury pool and regardless of the evidence, uh, voting guilty and it, and then both we just have hung trial or hung jury after hung jury. I I would much more be in favor of a bench trial. And I wonder what what your guests think of that. Especially I I heard uh, the ma'am say she was a lawyer. Kathy, okay, you're absolutely right. I I want to look at we have limited government resources. There's limit. There's only so much time in as a day in a day. I know that I, I raised six kids. I run a successful business. I, I handle a lot of cases. And for the government to put all of this attention into what I now learn is a 32-count in- indictment and to prosecute a former president for what amounts to a nothing sandwich. What about, a, what about a, his question? Was it about a jury or a judge? Yes. Great, great, great question. Uh, they'll be The lawyers who defend uh, President Trump, if they choose to have a jury trial, will have, I'm sure, a lot of... Uh, Questions they'll ask the voir dire in the jury pool. Uh, and you're right. You could get, you know, out of, tw- of a jury <clears throat> pool in Manhattan. Who knows what it's going to be? But it also depends on who, what judge is assigned, too. Are you going to have a fair-minded judge or are you going to have a partisan judge? 
And we've seen too much partisanship. And I think that Republicans and Democrats alike, uh, what we want is people who could just take the facts and apply the law and make a decision without politicizing uh, the outcome. And we've seen too much of that nowadays. And we look at that. We look at Matt Taby, the uh, reporter who, uh, uh, who who brought forth all the uh, well. Well, anyway, I, I won't go into that. I just want to say, look no. what's happened with Trump. We've had two indictments. He was found not guilty of each indictment. We have the Ru- Ru- the Russian hoax, the Ukrainian hoax, uh, and now we have uh, the Mar-a-Lago raid, and then now we have the uh, indictment of uh, President Trump. To what end will this government go to trying to to try to destroy this this very fine well, public view, servant? In their view, if in their view, if he has violated more than one law, and you have different jurisdictions, uh, you know, why not prosecute in all those areas if indeed they found the evidence? Ray, I want to ask so, you a question about about uh, a jury versus a judge. Where do you come down? Where, where do you think he would get the the, the fairest uh, hearing? Well, I think. Legally speaking, his best <clears throat> shot would probably be with the jury because odds are at least all you need is one person to hang that jury. Yeah. One person who's sympathetic. And I'm not a lawyer, but I'm assuming I'm correct, Kathy, that if, if, it's, if it's not unanimous, then you've got, then yeah. the prosecution's got problems. But what I want to touch on, Fred, is that, you know, both callers get to, the, get to a, a serious matter here is that all Americans expect that nobody is above the law, whether it's the president or it's alderman, or my neighbor who's retired down the street. Nobody's above the law. But they also want to make sure that if you break the law or if you're being investigated, that you're being treated fairly and as anyone, any other American would be treated. And I think when you have a skepticism of justice, when you think that everything's being done, that you're being targeted, or that there's being the, the judicial, judicial system is being weaponized, then nobody has faith in the system anymore, whether it's being done correctly or incorrectly. And I think that, for me, is more dangerous right now than whether or not Trump gets indicted. The fact that so many people do not believe that justice works because it's all partisan weaponization at this point spells more dangerous to me for this democracy than anything else I can think of. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I think, I, think, I think his point, the weaponization of the Justice Department uh, as the central issue of our time, that's what Donald Trump has called it, I think you may be right, and other people are going to be talking about 15 other issues, but I think Donald Trump, uh, I think that's the issue that he could ride to re-election or ride into the sunset. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. The kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. 
It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. If you talk to me, we'll hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. So talk, hey, you can do it if you try. We continue on Beyond the Beltway. Kathy Salvi is our Republican. Ray, uh, Ray Lopez is our Democrat this evening. And we have another caller from Austin, Texas, listening to us on KLBJ, one of our oldest affiliates. It's Kevin. Go ahead, Kevin. You're on the air. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I just wanted to put in context as a, as a former somebody who grew up in Chicago. Yeah. The, the, the prosecution of, of Trump by a, a district attorney from New York if you if you put it if you it's akin to like if Kim Fox indicted him and then he goes before a judge uh, in Tim Evans uh, Cook County courts right just how partisan it is yep. and I think once people think that because they can always be impressed by a New York attorney it's it sounds like it's a U.S. attorney no it's not it's it's a it's a county level it's not mm-hmm. even a state level right. it's just extremely I don't know I just I I think that kind of changes when listeners are listening and hear that. It, you can see how biased it is. Even a lot of Democrats you have to see it that way. Well, I, I, would, I, I would say that you know the judicial system in Illinois is so political. Uh, it's certainly not less political than in New York's state uh, or even yeah. the city of New York. The point is, um, do you want to do you want to roll the dice with a judge who comes out of that system well, and you think he's oh, going to give you a fair not. shake? Or, or let me just finish. Do you want to take 12 people off the street and believe in, in your abilities and believe in the abilities of your lawyers to present well, a case where, where just one person, one, one person is on your side? That's all you really need. Yeah, I think, I think you've got to get out of that venue. You've got to go to somewhere else. 
And hopefully it gets thrown out before that. I don't know, based on who you listen to, that might even be thrown out. Well, there are uh, there but, are reports there are reports which have not been approved or confirmed by any uh, Trump lawyer, uh, but there's been a story floated that uh, they will try to move the venue to Staten Island. Now, Staten Island yeah. is a very conservative region within the the, 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 the confines of New York City. Uh, that would be right. like moving it to you know one of the most Republican districts uh, you know surrounding Chicago. Uh, yeah. No one, no yeah, one, no one said yes to that, but you know, that's where yeah. a lot, a lot of cops live. There, years so. Yeah, if I, if it was 15 years ago, I'd say DuPage County, but that's not the case anymore. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> great show, Bruce. I always appreciate listening. To Thanks very much. Uh, Thanks for calling us from Austin, Texas. Um, I want, I want to get back to the, the issue of, of to what extent the person on the street really cares about this subject, and I want to come back to you, Ray, because. The people that you represent are uh, uh, they're African Americans, they're Hispanics, they're whites, they're all mixed. One of the probably most significant mixes of any uh, alderman in the city of Chicago. But does anybody talk about this? Does anybody care about these big national issues and the battle between, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis and you know some governor they've never heard of, and Donald Trump? You know, or is it only? Is it only the issues that affect them, which which obviously I understand? It's uh, it's crime on the streets as to whether or not your kids can go to a good school or not. You know this this kind of inf- the infighting that was existing be- uh, between DeSantis and Trump before the indictment. These high level political shenanigans that we see yeah. really are not table conversations for the average person I represent or most people that I know. Period. Yeah. You know they're worried about. You know, how are they going to pay their mortgage? Are they worried about how they're going to, you know, put their food on the table for their kids? How are they going to send their kids to school? Are there kids lear- are the kids learning in school? And that's before we get to the issue that's overriding in all communities, public safety. They want to know why at the federal level, why we, they're playing games talking about this while they still haven't addressed issues about uh, the asylum seekers flooding over 3,000 a day over our southern borders and winding up here in the city of Chicago of all places. There are plenty of things the federal government should be talking about, but you know, my constituents see them as just standing around doing nothing, blowvating about things that have no consequence while ignoring the things that really matter to people. Do your uh, Hispanic uh, constituents, um, do they want a stronger enforcement of the border? Uh, the, the, the perception in politics has been that if you are Hispanic, you you're not you're not speaking out against at least you're not that you're not a high visibility uh, opponent of the current system you're okay with the current system and you don't like the idea of the federal government zeroing in on hispanics or people coming from uh, you know central america trying to get to america to have a better life um they may not care about those people is that true or is it the other side of the coin where people who have made it through the process, the legal process over 20 years or 30 years, that they really don't like people sneaking in line or breaking the law? Which, where is, if we were sitting around with a Hispanic family, a multi generational Hispanic family, what would that conversation sound like? I think it depends. It, it, well, first off, it spans many different layers because Hispanics, Latinos are not one monolithic group because it also right. depends who you're talking about. You might get a Cuban family who says, no, none of them should come here. But then again, Cubans have automatic asylum as soon right. as they make landfall. You know, no one gives 
people coming over the river automatic asylum just for getting across to the river to the riverbed yeah, yeah um but i think that what we all agree on whether you are born here emigrated here or have come here in some other manner is that they'd love for the american process to be simplified and more product quicker and productive so that you don't have to be on a list for 10 years to get into this country net the legal way so to speak they'd love to be able to to find ways to come here because everyone still believes in this country and i don't think we need to diminish that i think we need to figure out what is the incentive that allows them to come here without papers undocumented and why we keep sustaining that system as opposed to making it where you don't have to do a nationwide amnesty program every 40 years because the system is so anti antiquated but what i do believe is that you know overall when you look at the undocumented situation in this country as a whole it's easy to scapegoat latinos because you see the pictures of them coming over from the southern border but most of our undocumented fly here and overstay their visas either from europe or from asia particularly mm -hmm. india and china but we're not ostracizing them for coming here we're only targeting one group and that's the group that comes from central america that's ray lopez he's an alderman of the 15th ward democratic ward committeeman kathy salvia is our republican this evening they will both be back for more discussion in hour number two, we'll be joined by Larry Horst from the great state of Florida, and he'll be weighing in on Ron DeSantis and other issues of significance. I'm Bruce Dumont. This is Beyond the Beltway. Thanks for joining us tonight. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Uh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. 
In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Christmont back. We continue with hour number two of our program this evening. And Kathy Salvi continues in studio. She is a Republican. Ray Lopez continues. He is a Democratic Ward Committeeman and an alderman of the city of Chicago. And we are joined via uh, our Zoom line with uh, the ever popular Larry Horace, who was to be a guest last week on this program. But we ran into some technical problems, so I kept my campaign promise and we invited Larry back uh, this week. Uh, spent many, many years in the city of Chicago, but again, uh, has lived in Florida for the last uh, decade or so, and uh, we want to talk about Florida politics with him. And uh, uh, Larry, I'm going to begin with this with you because uh, Ron DeSantis said uh, that uh, the law has been weaponized for political purposes, and so he is picking up on the point that Donald Trump has made, and uh, it seems to me that that is a position that's going to be very difficult for other Republicans to speak against. Do you agree with that? Well, I totally agree with what he said. Uh, I call it a prosecutorial conspiracy uh, because what you've had, you've had all these prosecutors, they campaign, they say they're going to get Trump. They aggressively go after excessive charges in each case. Now, there's some grounds, I'll agree with that, but each case is overly done. And the point that really gets me is we've heard so much about which case should go first. Think about that. The prosecutors between the Department of Justice, Georgia, D.C., Manhattan, they're conspiring to put the cases together to get the worst outcome for Donald Trump. That, to me, is a conspiracy. That, to me, shows me that the prosecutorial establishment is working hand-in-hand to get Trump, and everything else seems like it. I mean, the the Manhattan charges, I think, are just crazy. I think – I just think – uh, he has to go through such hoops to create new concepts of law. Uh, none of that makes any sense. I, I hope that just gets thrown out. Would that be well, looking at the New York charges, though? Are the New York charges the easiest charges for the court of public opinion to acknowledge and understand? I mean, it, it's a relatively I don't, I don't simple so. case or simple crime, as opposed to what is being charged with deciding which is, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a special case in the in the documents case, or did he really make the calls to the Secretary of State in Georgia? I mean, that's that can be that can be a he says he yeah. said she said case. Uh, so I'm wondering, in the court of public opinion, and if you want to stop Donald Trump, 
you know, you can stop them in the court in the court of real courts, but again, if you you can stop a person in the court of public opinion. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think it's a more complicated case. You're talking about, you know, a payoff, is it this, is it that, what money spent, numbers of checks. Uh, you know, you got uh, Mike Cohen lying through his teeth. I mean, everybody says he went to jail for this. No, he went to jail for tax fraud. That's what he went to, and perjury. Uh, he went to jail for other things. Uh, this got tagged on. But the idea, I think the easiest case for the public to understand that works against Trump is probably the documents case. You know, mm-hmm. the law is you're not supposed to take the documents. He's got the documents. He's not giving up. That's kind of easy to understand. The Georgia case, I think it all is what, what, what does he mean when he asked for 11,780 votes? Uh, did he mean, Hey, I know there's 50,000 stolen votes. I just, you need to find 11,000 of the, of those. He didn't say, I want you to make up votes. So I think he's got a reasonable defense in that one. Okay, I want to I want to talk to our other guests. Ray Lopez has been here. Uh, Ray, what is your reaction to the to the various cases that Larry has alluded to? And uh, from a political standpoint, which is the most devastating in your view? Is it is it the one we're dealing with now, or do, do you think do you agree with me that that may be the easiest for the public to digest, but maybe it isn't the most significant legal charge? I don't I don't believe that the one that they're rolling out now in New York is the most significant. You know, you're talking about his extramarital affair with a porn star. It's obviously the most salacious of all the charges that grabs the most attention. But the one that, you know, as as Larry said, the one that's easily defined is the fact that the law says you don't take top secret documents home and you had three bookcases filled with them. Proof right there you go. But I think, you know, they they, they make the mistake that if you are really worried about ending his reign and his return, mm-hmm. then if there was collusion, as Larry is implying, then they also to just step back and let him politically hang himself when he went up against Ron DeSantis like a normal candidate, and Ron would have beaten him up, and the Republican Party could have finally moved on, because I know many of my Republican counterparts want to move on from Donald Trump, and they would have had their chance. But now you've put him on a pedestal, you're making of a, 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 a victim Harder. of the Democratic, you know, agenda-driven district attorneys, and now he's got a platform to which nobody else can match. Kathy. In the first hour, Ray, you mentioned it. You said he will be nominated. You'll be he, uh, Donald J. Trump will be uh, nominated, and he will likely become the next president of the United States on account of what has happened. I agree with you, Larry. This is a prosecutorial conspiracy. And when we think about uh, the, the bread and butter issues that really affect all Americans, two out of three uh, Americans are living pay, pay, paycheck to paycheck. We're finding that our dollars aren't stretching. There's stagflation, inflation, uh, the uh, uh, difficulty getting goods from overseas, and now the threat to our dollar. And uh, I think without question, everybody sees uh, this White House uh, heading in the wrong direction. Uh, on a on a score of different issues. So when you look at the uh, uh, what what Donald J. Trump did, we had border security, uh, the fentanyl was under control. We had the Abraham Accords, and we're finding every single achievement of the prior administration eroding. So this is not a personality, whether you like Trump or not. His policies worked for America, and they worked for the if you uh, were, mom and dad uh, trying to raise I, their family. Let me just say that I don't think this is just this administration, though. I think we've seen the erosion of our institutions, even 
under the last administration, <clears throat> going back to James Way Comey you know, with the FBI, you know, interfering with Hillary Clinton and continuing on backwards. I think the fact that we continue to see partisan politics seep into institutions that should be beyond reproach is what's bringing us to this boiling point that we're at right now, where regardless of who you're... Look, it could be a Republican president in the White House in a year and a half. Never know. But when the first Democrat gets indicted on something, they'll say the exact same thing. I'm being persecuted. I'm being prosecuted. Right. You know, it, 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 it'll continue to fuel on itself this vicious cycle that the Justice Department, FBI, and all the mechanisms of our federal government are corrupted by how do we How do we end it? What's, what's your answer to how do we end it? Well, this is the best form of government we have uh, in the entire world. Uh, the United States is the leader in freedoms and democracy. But and how does this all go away? You say that, but again, you've got half the people saying, you know, the country is split. It's, 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 it's not United States. Well, I, it's divided well, states of America. Well, uh, you know, look at Ray and me right now here on this show. <laughs> I think what we need to do is go, we need to go uh, person to person. I'm involved. I love Illinois, and I'll work with any Democrat, any Republican elected a, office holder in order to try to bring good common sense government governance without rancor but voters didn't vote for you i'm sorry i mean we got to be honest here oh i mean you got your voters in the primary but they you know well i'll tell you when you're when you're when you're uh when your opponent uh, on the day of the election i won when your opponent spends 21 million to your one and a half million i think that tells the story we've got a pause i'm bruce dumont back shortly from chicago Bye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control, and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> It's been 23 minutes since I ate. <laughs> I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, <laughs> tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I know you're in. Bruce Dumont, we are back. And uh, Larry Horst, I want to turn to you because another uh, semi-important issue came up today. And Asa Hutchinson was on with uh, Jonathan Carl on ABC. And he basically said that he's about to run for president. He went to announce it on ABC today, but he will have a formal announcement coming down the road. And he said that he uh, represents a, a lane or a Republican voters who... Uh, want to turn the page and, and move on to, to bigger and better things, and that other candidates that are out there uh, may be part of the current, uh, you know, split that's in the party, and he feels that he can be a third or a new voice. What do you think of Asa Hutchinson as a political operative? Well, I don't know about his chances, personally. I, th I think it's a little bit remote for him. But as far as a, a path or an avenue for somebody, I think there is. You know, I'm among those who I don't like Trump very much. I don't like his personality. I think right. he's too pugnacious. And I think he's done a lot of damage to himself and the party and the country in terms of allowing the Democrats to get the, you know, the, the liberal Democrats, the left-wingers, to uh, gain power. And so I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but I'm a principled conservative. I don't like what they're doing to him. I don't like how they're abusing power. We, you know, we don't like that kind of stuff. So I defend him, and he's done a lot of good things as president. I will say that. But I am not a fan. And I do think there is a unifier, somebody in the mix that could potentially come out. Maybe it's Ron DeSantis. I don't know. I, I like Ron DeSantis. He's a hell of a great governor. Uh, he's probably the most successful governor, Republican governor in America today, um, and they, you know they they criticize him nationally, of course. But the fact is, the people who know him gave him one huge, big victory, and they gave the whole Republican Party the victory. He brought everybody in with him, so that's the kind of character you know I look at uh, even in a future primary season. I personally, but what, but what about but what about in a, Larry? What about in a He may be a perfect primary candidate, you know, to your liking, but and, and again in a state like Florida, which is overwhelmingly Republican now. But what sort of a, what sort of message would he be giving in a general election, and uh, would that be a winning message in your view? Well, we don't know what the message is and how he campaigns and on the issues and how he communicates those issues are all you know we don't know. Uh, he's right now kind of a blank slate for most people in the country. I think it's interesting that the Trump forces have put up negative ads against him. 
I'd, I'd never seen a negative ad come out so early against a candidate who wasn't in the race. Uh, and it's a pretty vicious ad. What are they, what are they them, saying? But, what are they saying? Running in Florida? Oh, oh, he he wants to close down Social Security as a congressman. He voted against this, and it's black and white ad with him looking like a criminal and everything. And it's coming out of the uh, MAGA Inc. It's coming out of this. Mm-hmm. It's not from the Trump campaign, but it's from the Independent Expenditure Campaign, which right. is essentially the same thing. Well, DeSantis did say uh, in the wake of the indictment, he said the law has been weaponized for political purposes. Now that that's sort of the same message that Donald Trump has given, that, uh, you know, this is all weaponization. And I guess my question is, if if you have other candidates uh, in that primary who gravitate to that issue, the weaponization of the Justice Department, uh, is there anybody better than Donald Trump to deliver that message? He seems to be the most credible person to deliver that message because he has become a victim of it, whereas the others... Have not. So, I mean, you know, I and and yet I I think of that and I think of, you know, DeSantis talking about wokeism. I mean, does wokeism really, does it turn the tide in a Republican primary if that's your issue? Oh, I don't think uh, DeSantis is hitting the right notes uh, even in launching this. But, you know, as, as you look at, you know, the national campaign and everything, I always tell, you know, clients and everything, uh, the voters will decide on what they decide on. Uh, you're suggesting they'll decide on the prosecutorial misconduct. I'm saying by the time we get into a presidential campaign, I don't think that's going to be the top three issues. So, yeah, maybe, uh, Trump may own that issue, and I may agree with him on that, and DeSantis may agree, and the Republicans may agree. But I'm not sure when we get to it, we're not going to be talking about borders of the dollar uh, and a lot of other things that are uh, closer to home. That, Ray, that people Ray, what do you think, what, from a Democratic perspective, what do you think? Uh, the president is going to be talking about if indeed he runs for re-election. Well, I think, first off, we all know he's going to be running for re-election. And I think that Ron DeSantis trying to bring up the weaponization of justice is showing, is trying to connect with the same people that already support Donald Trump. He's trying to get in that lane without actually being the victim of the persecution that they mm-hmm. all perceive. Does that work, though? I mean, No, it's not going to, it's not no. going to work. I mean, you've got um, the original, you, you've got the bona fide guy. It's persecution in and persecution light. It's <laughs> yeah. not going to work. Um, but what you're going to see is that, you know, in the Republican primary, you, we already know that there's, you know, 40% of the Republican voters are already going to be hardcore Donald Trump supporters, no matter what comes out. He could, you know, be abducted by aliens and they still vote for him anyway. Um, all of this other stuff, the issues, that's going to be what, is decided on for the second and third and fourth tier candidates in that primary. Because they're all going to be fighting for a lane, whether it's immigration, whether it's the COVID restrictions and how to restart economies, things of that nature. That's where Abbott and DeSantis are going to start duking it out over who had better responses, who had a, a more free state. But in the end, none of them are going to have a way to leapfrog over Donald Trump unless he completely fumbles this case. Or they do something that's just so knockout, blowout, outrageous that they become even larger in life politically than he is. You know, I'll take one exception to what mm-hmm. the alderman said. Mm-hmm. I don't believe Trump has a 40% base. I think his polls will look good and he's a little sympathetic right now. I have 
measure, you know, my, by my measurement, he's got a base of maybe 20% of hardcore diet hard. I'm going to stay with them. That means 80% of the Republican voters aren't with them. They weren't with them in 2016. Most Republicans voted for somebody else. So in the primaries. So, you know, what, what happens is, you know, you, you look at the sympathy now, you look at the polling now. I think he's going to be very hard pressed to maintain. And I've advised candidates don't go after his base. I think that's a mistake. He's got that 20%. He's got that 25%. Go for the 70% for the 80%. And I think you have to take Don Trump on. You can't sympathize with him on a whole, you know, on the whole picture. You can't on an issue. You can say he's right about this, but he's wrong about that. And I'm running because and I'm running against him and why you have to make the case why if you're the candidate, you have to be the candidate for the Republican Party, not Donald Trump. I think there's some. Kathy, I wanted Kathy's response to that. What What are the other issues that are out there that you think would energize a, a, a Republican constituency to help that candidate in a in a primary? People in Illinois are overtaxed. We're struggling. And I'll tell you, Ray, you're absolutely right. I bet you this Sunday night most people are trying to read to their kids, put them down, and, and face another week. But our paychecks aren't stretching uh, enough to be able to meet the demands of, of raising our kids, and, and we're figuring out where we can cut back. Uh, I think that these, this, these are the, the bread and butter issues really are the Is issues Is illegal that immigration, where would you put illegal immigration, which I think would have been the topic issue you know, three months ago, where would you put that issue today in a Republican primary? I think it's a very important issue because uh, uh, of so many people uh, with the fentanyl coming across, with the human trafficking up uh, exponentially, uh, people are opening up their eyes. Our streets are unsafe. I was just talking to a gal who was at the Chicago Public Library yesterday and the beautiful one on Congress downtown, and it looks like it's a, 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 a hostel. Mm-hmm. with homeless people yeah. and you can't just have been for years yeah exactly so i'm just saying wherever you go uh the, the homeless and the needy are on every corner undocumented and this is not fair to the people who want the promise of america okay who are coming go, I, across are hoping to have a better life in america i want to go to ray to find out the illegal immigration issue uh is that an issue just for republican primary voters or is that an issue that the Democrat primary voters will want to weigh in on as well? No, I think it's an issue in both parties. I don't know if it's as big an issue as people think it is. It's not like a, a, a pillar issue that you see. Um, and I don't think it's been a pillar issue in the last two cycles, quite frankly, in the Republican Party. Um, and I don't think it will be in the next one. I think How does gun ownership, it? I think gun ownership okay. and gun rights and Second Amendment... Uh, is going to be more a Republican calling card, especially after this latest shooting uh, that happened at the Christian school in the Tennessee. Um, but what I think, you know, when it comes to immigration and fixing the elite, the broken system on the Democratic side, you know, you see many parts of the extreme in the Democratic Party who want even wider openings. Right. In, in, and more welcoming cities and, and sanctuary cities and no restrictions, restrictions that I myself even voted against voted for in the city of Chicago that said that if you are a documented gangbanger, we will not give you sanctuary here. And you have people who are left of left saying, no, no, that's fine. 
let everybody stay. And you're going to see that become a division, even in the Democratic Party, where people who are common sense, middle of the road Democrats are being pushed out, just like they are common sense folks in the Republican Party are being pushed out. Tell, tell, tell the national audience the, 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 the growth, the influence of Democratic socialists within the Chicago City Council. Well, we've seen we have seen in the uh, city of Chicago, which is a 50 member body, uh, at least seven members now will be Democratic socialists. So I don't even think I don't like to refer to them as Democratic. They're not members of the Democratic Party. Right. They're just socialists who co-opted my party to get a, a free ticket into the into the dance. Uh, but we're seeing their numbers grow and we're seeing their influence grow and we're seeing that not only locally but nationally but they're also dividing you know the party just the same way that the tea party had that effect on the republicans about a decade or so mm -hmm. okay we've got a pause 1-800-723-8029 kathy salvi uh, raymond lopez and larry horace they're with us i'm bruce dumont don't go away At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Let's be honest, the National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations as well as how and why as a young person they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. A question to you, uh, Alderman, because a lot of people who are listening to this program may have either seen you or heard you on Fox News or on the even specifically on the Tucker Carlson show. How has that affected you, that you are a favorite of Fox News politically? Well, I'm a, people like the fact that I'm their favorite when it comes to getting an honest, no BS answer about the city of Chicago. Right. But, you know, everyone, whether it was in this last election or even... Lori Lightfoot herself always try to make hay out of the fact that I'll go on conservative shows or I'll go on and speak to all, any reporter, regardless mm -hmm. of their right. color, something she doesn't do, um, and gladly answer and speak about the truth of what's happening in the city of Chicago. You know, they try to call me a so-called Democrat or they, you know, I'm a, a, a dino, whatever they want to call me, or things of that nature. Um, all, of, all of the great and colorful, useless euphemisms that my party can come up with. But at the end of the day, my constituents are unfazed by it. My constituents see me on TV, agree with what I'm saying. And this last election, I won 65% of the vote flat out, mm -hmm. um, despite having a, a socialist and another ind uh, individual in the race. Um, but I think as long as what I'm saying is true, uh, I don't think that there's much heat that I will get. And that's why I continue to go back on, sure. whether it's Tucker, you know, some of those other shows like Tucker or, or Hannity or whomever, or even here to right. represent the truth. Well, I think I think one of the things, because again, people who are listening to this program, they they've either heard you or or seen you on this program for probably the last three years, I think. And uh, the thing I have always appreciated is you don't quite know where you're going to come down. You're you're not a you're not a doctrinaire, knee jerk, uh, liberal, or even a Democrat. Uh, but you basically tell it as it is, as you see it from your you know perch in the 15th ward of chicago and again uh, it's it, it it was always good to me when when uh, fox news and other reporters uh, understood that you were a straight shooter and uh it came uh, it shows when you're on the air and by, by the way by the I, way I, I will say this though what i find interesting and what i always tell people who try to make hay out of me being on yes, fox or yes. other shows or other networks is that i will go and speak because I believe in supporting journalism, as right. you know, which means you have to be available to the press. Right. The press that doesn't invite me, CNN, MSNBC, never have me on their show, never bring me to talk about what's going on, because clearly they're not interested in the entire truth, right? just the truth that they want to maintain. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. Well, we'll continue to invite you, you back here. Larry Horst, I want to come back to you about something that uh, transpired on Meet the Press uh, today. Uh, Joe Manchin, the uh, senior senator from the great state of West Virginia, was on, and he has been uh, flirting with the idea of perhaps running for president of the United States. He talked about the condition in the country which pits the uh, far left and the far right, 
and that it's speaking to a, a relatively small group of dedicated people and the real majority of thinkers in this country and voters uh, is, is, is between those, uh, the, those two end zones. So my question to you is, as you look at Joe Manchin, who has not yet decided whether he's going to run for re-election in West Virginia, take into consideration all the significant uh, role of, or at least spotlight, and oxygen that he has uh, uh, used up in the last three to five years. Uh, my question to you is, how serious is Joe Manchin, and could a real bona fide third-party effort in this country work at this moment in our history? Well, I, I don't think uh, Manchin would have a chance of taking out Biden. I mean, the establishment no. is just locked in too much. But on the other hand, I think he could destroy Biden. I think if he were to run, uh, he would pull enough and create enough issues about Biden, who has enough issues already, uh, that I think he could pretty well assure that Biden would not be reelected. And, you know, he's, and he has a lot of popularity across the board because of his independence, because he seems to take logical stands. And the one thing I like about him, he is very, very good at articulating his positions. How about he's as a Republican? How about, how about as a Republican candidate or as an independent candidate running who really could walk into a, a Republican uh, precinct committeeman's uh -huh. meeting and probably have half the people standing and cheering for him? I mean, does he represent more than just an independent voice? But where does he come down in the body politic? Is he a guy that could bring these divergent forces uh, that we have in this country together? Well, I've written articles that he ought to cross over to the Republican Party. Uh, I thought he could have really done that at a time where it would have flipped the Senate, would have been a, a very spectacular thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but he seems to be, you know, stuck on the, the Democratic side. So, uh, but and as an independent candidate, uh, I, I find independent candidates always spoil it for the person they're closest to. And so uh, I don't, they don't really do fare well in terms of actually getting to the top in any kind of major office. Kathy Salvi, does he represent Joe Manchin? Does he represent something that Republican voters would appreciate? Well, I think, uh, Ray, you, you hit on something before. Uh, the uh, socialist Democrats who've taken over and, and, and they have a strong voice on the, I don't want to say taken over, but they certainly have a strong voice on the Chicago City Council. That voice doesn't resonate with the mom and pop Democrat, let alone uh, Republican or independent. Uh, but one year is a lifetime. The, the, the 2024 election is a lifetime in politics. We could see today, you know, something today he might decide he certainly got the, he's certainly putting feelers out there. But uh, there's so much, we don't even know what issue will be the issue in 2024. But I'll tell you, it's got to be China probably in the devaluation of the dollar. Anything that hits the pocketbook and we're, we're headed into a recession with the spending that we're seeing out of this past two years and now uh, currently. And Joe Manchin has been a, a, a courageous voice and, and, and a, a, a good watchdog on his party until he, um, you know, recently passed the Inflation Reduction Act. You know, he, he came out in favor of that. But he, he stood firm and uh, stood against his party along with the, the uh, Southwest Senator. I can't remember her name. Christian Cinema. Right. So I, I think that there's something to be said with that type of leadership. But uh, truth be told, 
between now and the end of the year when he's going to make his decision, uh, you know, it's a lifetime in politics. Okay. I want to go back to the point of, of the number of Democratic Socialists in the Chicago City Council. And they are socialists because you, you, we do not run for aldermen in the city of Chicago under party labels. Correct. So you are an alderman. You're a Democratic ward committeeman, but you're not a Democratic alderman. Correct. Okay. My question to you is, um, because they've won, what, six or seven races recently. So far. Um, what is it that they're telling their constituents? Why are people voting for those Democratic socialists at the local level? Uh, in Chicago and also in other well, cities around the country. Well, I think at the local level, state, and even at the federal level, you have politicians who are basically promising you the moon and, and saying that they could deliver everything that you've been denied your entire life at someone else's expense, at the at, at the rich man's expense. That there's, you don't, You're not accountable for your actions because everything around you was a conflux that made you do bad things, so it's not your fault if if you're robbing or stealing or looting, it's not your fault. Nothing is your fault. You're not responsible for anything, and we will and we will lift you up with other people's money. I'd vote for that too if I didn't know better. And we see that they have a, a magnetism that pulls them in until reality sets in. And we've seen where there's been some pushback, you know, locally and at the national level. But I think that, you know, at a certain point, this will reach its crescendo and start declining because a lot of people who are taken by this are young are the younger voters or individuals from communities that have been neglected but once they find out that there's no meat on the bones to this recipe they're gonna they switch back to the philosophies and policies that we know work funding police investing in communities in a responsible manner and making sure that government isn't the brick on the neck of entrepreneurism we know that, mm-hmm. and people start to see that again. And I think that, you know, I think that is why someone like Joe Manchin can bring a very different flavor to either the Democratic Party or if you were to run as a third party, because we know that right now the Democratic Party is basically being held captive by the the left of left, and that if you are someone who is more con- uh, conservative or middle of the road or even a centrist, God forbid, a centrist you're no longer welcome in this party and you're seeing the democratic party as opposed to being you know the the big tent is shrinking and shrinking fast so i think someone like joe manchin could actually find himself maybe ostracized from the party because of his views but keeping in mind the fact that this is a guy who in a state on the east coast where all the federal he's a five he's one of five federally elected individuals and he's the only democrat to still win that state I think speaks volumes to his crossover appeal, which, unless you're an extremism in the Democratic Party, will mean a lot if you're trying to win, as Kathy said, Republicans and independents who want nothing to do with socialism, fake communism, or or would-be Marxism. And uh, we should mention for those around the country, because we mentioned this at the beginning, uh, next Tuesday, when Donald Trump is being arraigned in New York City, uh, the voters in the city of Chicago will be voting our general election. Uh, Pitt's Paul Vallis, who is a Democrat, uh, although he doesn't, he's not running as a Democrat, but again, uh, he is, there's been a battle as to whether or not he's a Democrat or a Republican, but he is running against uh, Brendan Johnson, who is a Democrat, and some would suggest a Democratic Socialist, socialist. who just hasn't <laughs> announced it yet, uh, or is has it announced co- it to, to small groups of people. 
So they will, this will be a battle. In fact, uh, wherever you're listening around the country, uh, the national news media will be covering uh, what's happening uh, in Chicago uh, next Tuesday night, as well as what's happening uh, in your local area, if indeed uh, you have elections that are happening in that area. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the specifics in that race and also talk about some other names that maybe we will be all deciding upon in a Republican or Democratic primary in the months to come. I'm Bruce Dumont. This is Beyond the Beltway. Thanks for joining us tonight. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. If you talk and they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Become Oprah. Sorry. 
Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. This is the Beyond the Beltway. Nice to have you with us. Uh, Larry Horst, I want to go back to you because, uh, you know, a lot of people have certainly read stories about Ron DeSantis. But as someone who lives in the state, um, above and beyond the cultural issues, mm-hmm. which he has gravitated to and really has put his arms around them, um, what about the other issues of governance in the state of Florida? I mean, if we were to look at how much money you spend on teachers and how much money you spend on pub- public transportation or any of the other issues of, of state government, would he get good grades in your opinion? Well, I, I think, frankly, he won that big victory because of all the other issues. I don't think he won that big victory because of his cultural issues necessarily. Mm-hmm. And some of those I think he kind of went off where he shouldn't have. <clears throat> but I think uh, they saw a rock-solid guy who's doing a wonderful thing for the state, the laws they're passing, uh, the job creation. I think people like the way he handled COVID. Um, you know, he had a lot, a lot of issues going for him. Uh, although, you know, the national press, particularly the MSNBC crowd, they keep wanting to talking about woke, 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 woke. But um, that's not how the people of uh, uh, Florida that I hang around with or know, or, and they, they come from all the Democrats, Republicans, whatever. Uh, they see him as a de- – he's, he's kind of a Reagan to them. They see him as a decent guy. Uh, they see him as an honorable guy. And they see him doing a good job by whatever measure they each think so. And so he gets this huge, huge victory in a, you know, when the Republicans weren't doing quite as well as they should have across the country. How do you, how do you go about trying to adjust the role of the national news media in an upcoming presidential election? We know that they, they have their, their pet topics, be they left or right. How do you how do you cut through that if you're looking for the real truth on on any subject? You pick the subject, Larry. Well, as I've told my friend, I have a very good friend who's a Hollywood writer. He's a New York Jewish Democrat, and I said, you know, don't just watch MSNBC. Watch Fox. It'll be painful, and you'll go, oh no, <laughs> but you'll learn some things that you're not going to hear on other stations. You're not going to get one propaganda narrative. Uh, and so the only way you can do it, cause in the old days, you could kind of watch shows and see point-counterpoint shows. And, yep. and uh, you know, as the alderman said, you know, he's not invited even on to be on the other shows right. because it doesn't fit with their propaganda narrative. And I do think that the role of the media, frankly, is one of the most dangerous problems we have. I agree. And they are responsible for dividing this country and not doing what everybody did with journalistic ethics. And that is to tell the story objectively and to hear one person say this and one person say that. But now they say, oh, no, no, one person will say this and they are not allowed to say that. Right. You know, I, I, I sort of fantasize. Actually, I'd love to be on Morning Joe sometime and just take take them apart. Just take them apart. Me too, I mean, Larry. They are so bad. <laughs> Ray, Ray wants to be on too. A tandem. Alderman, you and I ain't going to be there. <laughs> well, that I mean that that's one of the unfortunate things is a, is a lot of people don't uh, don't understand uh, you know maybe the, the the politics of booking shows, but again. If someone is perceived to be, you know, a, a Fox guest or a, or an MSC, MSC, uh, MSNBC guest, uh, they're they're out of the Rolodex. They're just yep. you don't go to them. So you're on Beyond the Beltway. We go to all sides. Uh, long, long are the days gone of the McNeil Lair News Hour. Remember that? 
Yes. Yeah. Yep. And when you receive balance, I mean, uh, it, it's it's commendable uh, that we're able to sit and have a host of issues that we could disagree about, but instead let's find where we could, uh, the, the rancor in politics is something that all Democrats and Republicans uh, disdain. And I think but that's if it. that's if that's true, does that give Joe Manchin an opening? Because that's what he was talking about today. Yeah. Is yeah. that you can't have you know really uh, not even knock down drag out conversations. You can't even have civilized conversations. Well, I think that, and you really need you need someone to carve out a spot in the middle and say the hell with the right wingers, the hell with the left wingers. We're speaking for the average citizen. And we're, ta- we're talking about issues that are important yeah. to us, not the political extremes. There's no question that there's a Trump derangement syndrome. And there are, I look at the Biden policies, and I want to always say, I'm going to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. But we could say that many of the policies that have reversed the prior, uh, prior administration policy with no justification have hurt ordinary, everyday Americans, Republican, Democrat, and non-voters. We are not in a better position now than we were pre-COVID and pre, uh, uh, pre-last administration. And it just it seems as though the reversal of policy, those policies without any justification, policies that work, just look at the border security, have hurt Americans. And I think people, uh, we need to look at, um, we just not need to look less at the individual and look at the policies that they promote and what's in the best interest of ordinary mom and pops. Uh, you know, to your we, point, Bruce, how do you get through it? How do you get through the media? I mean, that's the tough part. Go ahead. I'm well, sorry. I but, don't know. You know, that that's a whole series but, of programs. Maybe we'll see, but we'll, you know what? we'll try to but, we'll try to tackle that. I, I want to go back to Ray Hanania, uh, Ray Hanania, Ray Lopez. Sorry, Ray Lopez, who's with us. Today. The other Ray's a good guy too. So Ray, he is. But question to you: <laughs> Look into the crystal ball. Uh, who is going to be the next mayor of Chicago? Paul Vallis. Why? Paul Vallis's message resonates uh, with more voters about just getting back to the basics, making sure your family's safe, making sure you have jobs in your community, making sure you have opportunity accessible to all, focusing on common sense. You know, his opponent is extreme. We're talking about the extremes. He's like the AOC version of, of a Chicago teachers union lobbyist, and that's not mm-hmm. what people want. They want to hear someone hold criminals accountable <clears throat> who has experience dealing with multi-billion dollar budgets and who, quite frankly, is coming in at a, at a, to a city in crisis as he has done in other, other situations. Mm-hmm. On that note, with that prediction, we thank uh, Ray uh, Lopez for being with us this <laughs> evening and also <laughs> Kathy Salvi for being thank with you, us Bruce. and also Larry Horace, who joins us uh, from his palatial home in Florida. Thank you all for being with us tonight on Beyond the Hardly, <laughs> hardly. <laughs> Well, I'm sure I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm, I'm in looking. the poor section of Palm Beach County. Okay, well. Hey, but you're in Palm Beach County. I mean, good. That's true. That, That's true. that alone that alone will put give you all kinds of taxes. On that note, our thanks to our <laughs> guests, also to Fritz Goldman for assistance in the production of this program. Again, next Tuesday night uh, will be a big night in Chicago and also a big night in New York with Donald Trump. And we will talk about each of those issues next week on Beyond the Beltway. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. 
Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Ah, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.